Hello, and welcome to Nightcap with Jim. I'm the titular Jim, and tonight we'll be beginning our three-part series of the Wall-Berg Tragedy Trilogy, as I call it. Uh, these three films that Peter Berg, director, and Mark Wahlberg, actor, have made together, kicking off with Lone Survivor in commemorance of Memorial Day. For more content you may enjoy, please check out the Morning Mangami podcast and our other social media at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's get into it. So uh, before I get into uh, Lone Survivor, I actually wanted to uh, do an honorable mention of uh, some of my favorite uh, war films. Um, just uh, again, just because it's Memorial Day, and uh, you know, um, I may have mentioned this once or twice on in previous episodes, uh, but I'm not sure. I don't think I have actually. Uh, but um, I've just got a huge amount of respect for the men and women in uniform. Uh, that protect uh, our country. Uh, God, I'm just so grateful for all of them. And uh, their stories are just incredible if you ever sit down and listen to somebody who's been in the service, whether they've seen combat or not. Um, I come from a military family. A lot of my, uh, a lot of my family members have served. Um, and uh, even my dad, you know, just working as a boiler technician, um, has just some of the funniest uh, and just coolest stories. Uh, so it's if you ever get a chance to sit down and talk to somebody who served in our military and our armed forces, uh, I highly recommend you take that opportunity and uh, and relish in it because um, they've just got some really they've just they've seen some stuff that's you know uh, really incredible. So uh, I wanted to kick off with a couple honorable mentions of some other uh, military movies uh, that I'm. A, Performances. Uh, Mel Gibson directing the hell out of it. You know, just across the board, all all aspects of this movie are pretty incredible. Um, it is extremely violent, uh, which I feel is extraordinarily appropriate for a war film. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm just I'm a, I'm a big believer when, especially, you're telling true stories that uh, you should uh, at all times attempt to achieve the most realistic uh, and truthful uh, portrayal of an event. And when you're talking about a war film, that means extreme violence. Um, and uh, this movie definitely has that in spades. Uh, which is interesting because the next one I was going to say was uh, Dunkirk, uh, which is PG-13. Um, <laughs> which is which is interesting for a war movie, Uh but at the same time, it works, you know. Uh, Christopher Nolan, I mean, he's just as... I, th I think he's just a straight-up genius. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm one of the Christopher Nolan fans who's like, uh, I really don't think he can do any wrong at this point. 
I think he's pretty much uh, just uh, just making some of the best movies out there. Uh, and um, it's interesting. There's a funny story uh, behind Dunkirk where he uh, showed it to you know some veterans who were actually there at Dunkirk, and uh, you know after the movie was over, they came up to him and they're like, "I don't remember." Uh, I don't remember it being that loud when we were actually there, <laughs> which is, that's just really funny. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, Christopher Nolan, he was, you know, he's decided let's make it PG-13 so that, you know, more people can go and see it. Um, but then he's like, well, I've got to do something to like really transport the audience into this situation so he made the movie really really loud uh <laughs> like it's really loud guys if you haven't seen it um uh you know <laughs> but yeah uh great movie um inglorious bastards which is uh might be an interesting pick uh some of you might think um because it's you know it's very it's not your typical kind of thing uh when you're talking about like the greatest war movies of all time um but i think it deserves like i said uh you know honorable mention uh just because it's just so good you know and it's just such a great story as well and uh i believe it's extremely cathartic uh that movie um in a lot of ways especially for for german audiences uh i've heard a couple of stories of german audiences seeing the movie and getting into it more than American audiences in a way because you know uh, if you're German you've got to live with the stigma uh, that you know it was left by the Axis powers and the Nazis in World War One and Two, and they you know are more than happy to see a, you know almost more than anybody else a bunch of Nazis get their face you know watch Hitler get his face blown off with the, with the machine gun, you know, so um, <laughs> so they're into it. Uh, my favorite example of this is Till Schweiger. He's the actor in Inglorious Bastards that plays um, the uh, German uh, military member of the Bastards, uh, and he uh, has never. And that's the other thing is like if you're a German actor, uh, a male German actor. Typically, at some point in your career, you're going to be wearing a Nazi uniform, uh, just because, you know, every two weeks or something like that. Like I'm over exaggerating, but you know, there's a lot of World War II movies out there, and a lot of them, you know, are uh, uh, involved the Nazis. So you know, a lot of German actors, you know, uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, put into a Nazi uniform at some point. But Till Schweiger is one of these actors that never ever ever wanted to play a Nazi, and the only reason that he actually deigned to wear a German military World War II Nazi uniform in this movie was because he got to kill Nazis. <laughs> so, you know, that really just kind of illustrates uh, the point that I'm trying to talk uh, I'm, I'm trying to make here. Um, it's just a really cool movie as well. Uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino is just a phenomenal filmmaker, so uh, just real fun, um, good uh, movie. But it also, you know, does... It does, uh, you know, cover some the darker, some of the darker stuff, like you know, the hunting of Jewish peoples uh, and and things of that nature, uh, which you know, 
some heavy stuff. Uh, the opening of the movie is just 30 minutes of, you know, a Nazi officer questioning this French farmer about, you know, this and that and the other thing. And the tension is just almost unbearable. Uh, it's, you know, once it, like, once it hits its climax of just, like, of this climax of tension, this crescendo of, of just dread and terror that, uh, you know, somebody who's hiding Jewish people might, would probably have felt, uh, during this time period, um, so, you know, yeah, it's a fun movie, killing Nazis and stuff, but there are those moments, um, that are just like, oof, you know, they're really, they're really tough and they're really heavy. Uh, The Thin Red Line by Terrence Malick. Uh, This film is extraordinary. It's just, it's just unbelievably amazing. Um, It's very, it's a interesting structure for, uh, for a war film too. Uh, So Saving Private Ryan, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, like my personal feelings on it, but the structure of Saving Private Ryan is diametrically opposed to the structure of the Thin Red Line, for instance. So uh, with um, Private Ryan, you've got the big D-Day battle, and you've got some little scattered stuff sprinkled in uh, throughout the rest of the movie, and then you have the big climactic battle at the end in the town to protect the bridge. Um, That's kind of how, you know, generally how most war films kind of structure themselves, you know, they got, you know, like, maybe a kind of an opening act, and then, you know, some stuff in the middle, you know, that's could be some big stuff, and then some little stuff, and then a big climactic battle at the end of the movie to close it out. Um, and Thin Red Line does it differently. So, especially if you get, and this is what I would, I would recommend you watching the uh, Criterion Collection director's cut of the movie the extended version because it's just for one thing i think it's better it's more of what i think terrence malick wanted to do with that movie uh it's very long (laughs) but uh it's worth it uh and uh so it's different so the extended cut it's about 40 minutes before battle commences and that's really interesting because the movie opens up with jim caviezel's character having gone AWOL uh, with another guy and living with uh, the indigenous peoples of the Philippine Islands, um, just hanging out with the, with, the, with them and, you know, just kicking it and uh, just, you know, it's really just a beautiful sequence, especially. I mean, the people, they're so beautiful and so amazing the way they live because these are not actors that um, were, were seen in this opening. Uh, these are real Filipino the indigenous peoples that still live uh, this, you know, villager lifestyle, and uh, it's just, it's just gorgeous. The, you know, the way that they live. Uh, I think um, it's just so pure and so free. You know, uh, they're not uh, constrained with technology and money and all this other stuff that you know, like, cr- makes it what a society, a society, but at the same time, kind of. 
you know, we're, we're hampered in a way because we have to have money, we have to have a cell phone, we have to have a computer, we have to have this and that and the other thing. And uh, just to, you know, um, get through life. And these, these people don't have any of that stuff. So it's just like they just, they go for a swim, they go hunt, they go fish. They, you know, they farm, they, you know, tend to their crops and, and, you know, they, they play and they, you know, uh, raise their children and they just live, you know, and that's just, and that's it. That's just what they do. You know, it's just like they have, they, you know, they eat, they sleep, they gather and they hunt and fish and go for a swim, paddle a boat, uh, you know, paddle a canoe out, and and that's and that's it, and it's just really fantastic uh, to uh, to witness to witness that. But yeah, so it's about forty minutes before battle commences, and that's really because this is a huge cast in this movie. I mean, a really really big cast. Uh, so there's a lot of characters that we have to be introduced to, um, and even then, there's a lot of characters that we don't meet until we are actually. Um, on the Philippines, you know, we're actually on the islands moving through uh, the war zone, um, which is interesting because you have to kind of meet, you kind of have to pick some stuff up on the fly. Uh, Terrence Malick is a really interesting filmmaker because, um, especially before uh, this post-Tree of Life um, movies that he did, because... Uh, nowadays, uh, the films, you know, from Tree of Life on, um, I think it's fair to say that some people consider them to be completely indecipherable, which is fair enough, you know? I mean, his movies nowadays especially are not for everybody. Like, post-Tree of Life is just not... Those movies are not for everybody. They're very super arti art, uh, artsy, artistic films. And... They don't, um, you know, conform to any sort of style or, or function or formula or anything like that. Um, they're just so freeform, and it's it's they're more like paintings than they are films in a way, um, like abstract paintings, uh, you know, which is fantastic. But, um, but Terrence Malick before that it was really interesting because he he would really take you and you know immerse you in this world whatever it is uh and you know to really because he's a very visceral very uh very uh uh the kind of filmmaker that just he wants you to really experience what's happening um within the story that he's telling and uh and that's just what makes Thin Red Line so so amazing. It's because once battle commences, it just goes for 45, 50 minutes straight. There's no breaks at all, except for like a little one briefing scene where it's like, you know, there's this bunker on top of a on top of a hill, and they've gotta go attack it with a small squad instead of, you know, big old the whole company and whatnot. And it's like that's the only break you get. Uh from the combat uh, in this chunk it's just relentless and it's exhausting you know to be honest like when you come out of the other side of this big chunk of the movie you you 
definitely feel fatigued. I mean, I do, because uh, it's just, like I said, it's just relentless. It's just relentless, and it just goes and goes, and it really, you really get the feel of what, of like just exhaustion, of, of being so tired, of watching, you know, all this death and destruction. I mean, it's obviously, it's a movie, and, you know, no movie, no book, no description is ever going to really, um, really going to uh, uh, accurately depict what combat is really like. Uh, no matter how accurate and how real you get, it's just never, you're just, it's never going to really get there. Um, and that's why so often you'll hear, you know, combat veterans, you know, you'll never know what it's like unless you're there. And, and yeah, dude, fair, that's, yeah, fair play. Because it's just, it's one of those things that if you don't experience it for yourself, you're never going to quite understand at all um, what the experience was truly like. Uh, but, you know, there are certain things that you can do with a film that can just kind of give you certain little aspects of, you know, like how, like what it would, like what it, what it could be like. Um, and so this film, you get that exhaustion, <coughs> that just feeling of, Jesus, I've just been through the ringer. And, uh, and that's really, uh, amazing to me, uh, that, that, uh, when a film can produce that kind of a feeling, uh, where it's like a physical feeling, where it's like, God, I'm tired. I'm, I'm just worn out from this. This is ridiculous. Uh, finally, it's over, you know. And and you know, I just, I just, I just, I think it's an amazing movie. Uh, Twelve Strong. It's a more recent one. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Michael Shannon, uh, Michael Pena. A great cast. Uh, and uh, it's about uh, the uh, horse soldiers, uh, the uh, first uh, responders, if you will, to the 9-11 uh, attacks. Um, so these guys were the first boots on the ground in Afghanistan. And it was a uh, special forces, army special forces detachment of 12 guys. And the, their mission was to hook up with uh, this, with a general of, uh, uh, with, the, with a... Uh, Afghan general to uh, assist him with airstrikes and such to uh, take out uh, the Taliban from uh, from northern Afghanistan and this movie is also uh, has an interesting structure to it because it, it goes for about 50 minutes or so 40 50 minutes before there's any fighting uh, so it's just like you know 9/11 happened we we you know were at home with the with the with the guys they want to get deployed they get deployed they want to be the first team in country they're the first team in country meet up with the general we're kind of not vibing right now and then then battle happens about you know 40 50 minutes into it and then from then on it's pretty much just a constant you know it's like it's just Boom, boom, boom! Just keep on, just battle sequence after battle sequence, uh, which is which is really interesting because again, I mean, like it's this is a it's a shorter movie, so you don't really get that exhaustion 
that you would get from Thin Red Line, especially the director's cut. Uh, but uh, it's got that similar structure where it's just like once battle starts, boom, we're just it's just we're all just doing battle stuff. Um, there are a couple other movies I wanted to mention, but I'm kind of blanking on them right now. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to end this segment. Uh, and uh, I just want to say if there's any uh, service members that are listening to the podcast, uh, uh, current or former, um, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I love you. Love you to death. Um, I'm so proud uh, of you and and your contributions to to this country and keeping it safe. So thank you so much for your service. And uh, we'll be right back in a minute or two talking about Lone Survivor on Memorial Day. We'll be right back. So, the uh, Wahlberg Tragedy Trilogy. Um... <clears throat> we uh, begin uh, with the uh, first film um, of the this series, uh, Lone Survivor. Uh, then we'll be moving on to Deepwater Horizon, and uh, finally ending with Patriots Day. Um, Lone Survivor, man, wow! Uh, this movie is just incredible. Um, it's one of my favorite military war films. Um, the performances are just extraordinary. The uh, just the level of dedication from from all across the board, from the director to the cast to the crew, was just unbelievable, um, and it really shines through with the quality of this film. I mean, there are a couple of sequences where these guys, when they're engaged in the battle, um, they have to jump down this mountain off these cliffs, and it's all practical you know you got the actors doing as much as they can but then you have these stunt guys who are just out of their goddamn minds and they're throwing themselves off of these cliffs you know and slamming into rocks and everything like that and it's just and you know it they're not crazy i mean they're they're crazy but it's not because they're crazy that they're doing it. it's because the the story just is so impactful and so meaningful to so many people that anybody who wasn't willing to do the work to get it right just, you know, I'm, I'm, I imagine they didn't even bother having a conversation with them when they were talking about making the movie, you know? Um, so uh, so it really shines through this this dedication, this love for these, these guys, you know, and um, it's just such a beautifully done movie. I, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's sorrowful and you know full of, of, of tragedy and, and death but there are also these really beautiful things about the film as well um, the opening for instance um, is is beautifully well done and it's it's all this footage uh, from seal training from buds from uh, basic underwater demolition seal training uh, the training program and the first shot is is of this uh, trainee who's just been pulled out of the water and he's been in there for an extended period of time and the water is just bone chillingly cold 
And so, you know, he's got a little bit of the hypothermia going on, and the instructor, one of the instructors, asks him, what's six times three? And you can see that bone-chilling cold in, in this young man's eyes, in his face. You can see, you can feel the cold. And it takes him a minute, you know. Eighteen! Um... And <clears throat> and that's and that's the thing about Navy SEALs, man. Uh, the reason that they're so tough and they're they have and they're so no quit, all go, no quit, is because of this training program. Because you know you can't you you ha they're like it's so relentless and tough. The program is like it. It weeds out anybody who's got any quit in them, any, any, just even the slightest hint of a quitter attitude, you know, just the sliver of it. Um, you know, it's either going to be eliminated or it's going to come out. You know, and and that's the reason why this training program is so tough, is is to make sure it's only the toughest guys and the smartest guys. And, you know, that's why they do stuff like that, where they'll throw the guys in the water, freezing cold water, and then ask them, you know, math questions or whatever, you know. It's like their brain has to work when their body is failing so that they can push through their their pain, you know, and their suffering to, you know, keep their guys safe to accomplish their mission and every, and, and everything like that. And... You know, seeing this footage, you know, and then this music that they have playing underneath it, which is just gorgeous music. Um, it's just this really kind of inspiring and like overwhelming um, feeling that I get from watching the film. Um, and just you know, I'm in I'm in love with the film. Um, it's uh, it's just a I wish it didn't have to be made. I wish this is a story that didn't have to be told. But, um, I mean, that's even what Marcus says. It's like he's just, he has to tell the story, you know. And, um, you know, first he did it with the book, and then Peter Berg got his hands on the book. And uh, he was, you know, he was like, listen, I want to do this movie, and I want to do it right. You know, um, just do me a favor, because I know everybody's coming at you trying to get the rights to the movie and uh, I just want you to go up and I'm going to have a theater and we're going to have a showing for you of my previous of one of my previous movies The Kingdom and you just watch that and if uh, if you get if you if you're vibing on that and you think I can take I can pull this off then then we'll do it uh, otherwise you can just tell me to you know fuck off and and, and that'll be that um and obviously, uh, <laughs> obviously Marcus uh, signed on, and so it began, you know. Uh, and this is, it's interesting, because this movie looks like a really huge, big-budget movie, but it's not. It's a very small, very low-budget movie for the kind of movie that it is. Um, and again, that just shows, the dedication just shows, because even, you know, with this smaller budget, they were able to do these incredible things. Um, with with what they had on on hand, you know, like I said, you know, the stunt guys were having to do these practical stunts that are just insane. But 
they were willing to do it. They were willing to throw themselves off a cliff and break their back to tell this story, you know? Um, and, and, I mean, they did a fantastic job. You know, uh, the main cast, the main four guys, Mark Wahlberg playing Marcus Luttrell, uh, Taylor Kitsch playing um, Cap, uh, Lieutenant Mike Murphy, uh, we get, and uh, Ben Foster as uh, Matt Axelson, and uh, and uh, oh god, I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, dude who plays Danny Dietz. Uh, wow, <laughs> my bad. Um, just I, it just flew right out of my head. I don't know where it went. Um, but yeah, just th this main f cast is just really great. Uh, the performances are are just astounding, you know. And uh, one of the things that's really crazy though. Um, about the movie is uh, Marcus Luttrell, the real Marcus Luttrell, uh, actually is in the movie. Um, he plays another Navy SEAL named Frankie, and um, one of the craziest things is uh, he he plays, uh, his character is part of the support team of SEALs um, that uh, go up in a helicopter to try and rescue um, the the four guys and uh, this helicopter gets shot down and everybody on board dies and uh, it's really kind of a profound moment when you recognize Marcus Luttrell in the movie um, at these certain points especially there's a briefing early on in the movie where they're briefing everybody uh, all the the whole SEAL team on the mission and there's a shot of Marcus and he, you know, he puts his head in his hands and, you know, is just like, man, I've, I've been through this before and I know how it, and you know, you, you see that there's this moment of pain in his eyes and then, you know, he goes up and he, he said it in interviews and stuff like that, you know, that he's, he, he died up on the mountain as well. And so then you have him literally in the movie dying up on the mountain and it's, it's, some it's just this moment that really kind of hits me where I live you know when when you know you hear this people say you know like the bonds of brotherhood between soldiers and 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 you know whatnot it's like that's not bullshit you know it's 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 a real thing you know and to see Marcus you know and to listen to him talk you know, in an interview or when he's he's doing a talk or anything like that, um, you aren't you really start to start to understand how much these guys love each other, you know, um, especially you know combat um, veterans, you know, and especially SEALs uh, and other special forces members. I mean, like they really love each other man they'll do anything for each other they'll die for each other they'll kill for each other they'll do in, they'll do whatever they got to do you know um to protect protect each other cuz they love each other um and you know it's that's no bullshit and that's something that this movie does um exceedingly well is is showing the bond between these guys you know um i mean <sighs> It just it it's it's real shit, you know. Um, 
Uh, but the technical aspects of this movie um, are, are the other part of, of what makes it so, so extraordinary. Um, like I said, these stunt guys were just unbelievably dedicated. Um, and, uh, you know, all the technical aspects were just just nailed. So, you know, there were um, a bunch of SEALs on set every day making sure that, you know, the actors were moving right, that their gear was set up right. And they even had veto power, which is something that uh, I've never heard of on any other movie before. And so, you know, if they saw something in a shot that wasn't going right, you know, they are like, that's not right. We got to make sure that's right. Uh, because that's like, it was like, it's like I was saying, you know, um, they really took that philosophy, you know, of this is a real story. This, these are real guys that, you know, gave their lives and we need to tell their story and we need to tell it right. Otherwise, we're doing them and everybody else a disservice. And when you take that on board and you dedicate yourself to this uh, this pursuit of realism, you can go down some pretty, pretty intense roads, you know, um, and, and some stuff can happen, you know, like... Like, this one particular stunt guy, you know, he was doing the, uh, they were shooting the cliff, the when they were jumping off the cliff, um, and, you know, flying down the hill, and everything like that, and this guy, he just took a running leap off of this cliff, and just flung himself off of a cliff, and, you know, he just broke, like, everything, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and it, it's just like, wow. You know, um, to really, uh, like, to, I mean, just that, to throw yourself off a cliff in service of storytelling, uh, you can really, you really get the, you really understand how important it was to, to get it right, you know, um, which is something I really appreciate, um, about this movie and, you know, movies of its type that, you know, are, are like, we gotta get it right, we gotta get it right, um, which uh, bothers me about a certain movie, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm talking about Once <laughs> I'm going to have to do a review of that movie someday. <laughs> Just get it out there. Exercise the demons. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this movie is just incredible. Um, and, like I said, there's some beautiful aspects to it as well. Um, despite all the, the tragedy and sorrow. And one of these is the um, Afghan villagers that uh, rescue Marcus Luttrell and uh, defend him from the Taliban. Um, and it's, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, it's uh, a practice known as Pashtunwali. And basically what that means is, you know, um, they took him in, Marcus, they took Marcus in, and he's a guest in their village in, in this dude's house. And because he's a guest he cannot be messed with by anybody uh, otherwise you have the whole village on your ass and and this is a scene that happens that's just so intense you know where the Taliban rock into this village and you know Marcus been you know he's 
thrown himself off a couple of cliffs. He's been shot a bunch of times. Got shrapnel wounds. He's messed up. He's not having a great day. And Taliban rock through and, you know, they take him out to this log to behead him. And, um, and the leader of the village, this guy, you know, he, he's like, nope, it's Pashtunwali time. And so he just rocks out there with an AK and he's like, get the hell out of my village. Or I'm going to, you know, is the vibe, you know, just get the hell out of here and leave him alone. He's my guest. Uh, and when you really think about that for a minute, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I can't understand people who, you know, are, are, are racist and, and whatnot like that. I'm not trying to get political. But, you know, I just don't get how you could generalize a group of people when they, especially a group of people that has a practice like Pashtunwali. Because if, you know, all Afghans or whatever a people are, they're all evil or whatever. It's like, well, if they were, then they would have just let the Taliban take Marcus, wouldn't they? You know, um... And so it's 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 just to me it's just like when you see this when you see this guy who he doesn't know Marcus anything you know in fact um, he probably has a handful of reasons why he probably you know wouldn't like Americans in general um, but he's he's willing to take him into his home and his hearth and defend him from his enemies you know it's it 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 gets me choked up thinking about that you know um cuz i mean you just you think about the 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 bravery and the honor of a man that's willing to defend a total stranger from his enemies not not their enemies but the other guy's enemies I mean, like, he's the, the guy's not a big fan of the Taliban, um, anyway, from some, there's a, during the briefing scene, there's some cutaways to this village where the Taliban are kind of terrorizing the people a little bit, and, um, you know, so he's not a fan of the Taliban anyway, but to take that on, that responsibility of another person's life, um, as well as the people in your village to defend this person that, you know, you don't know and you don't have any ties to or any allegiance. Um, that's just extraordinary. The honor, the bravery of of that act. This, I mean, it's a, kind of, it's a kind of thing that really blows me away about humanity, you know, and makes me think that, you know, um, if we get people like that out there, then maybe we're going to be okay after all <laughs> um wow yeah i'm getting i'm getting a little teared up here talking about this <laughs> uh but yeah i think uh, i think that's all i got about lone survivor um for now if i come up with anything else i'll i'll bring it up in the next podcast but yeah i'm getting a little emotional here so i think i'm gonna <laughs> i think i'm gonna go um yeah that's that's gonna be our show for tonight uh Thank you so much for listening, and please tune into our morning show with Heath 
and our other social media content at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you again so much for stopping by for a nightcap. And once again, to all service members of our armed forces, uh, current and former, um, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I appreciate you and I love you. Um, yeah, uh, thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, good night. <laughs>